Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 94 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so excited that you're with me today. Now, many of you, if not most of you, have launched into the school year, and I hope that that is going amazingly well. I hope you guys are all still kind of in the honeymoon period of things with your classes. And for parents, I hope all is going well with the different kinds of ways your students are having to show up for school, whether it is virtually or in person. I hope that that is all going well. So today, what I really want to dive into with you guys is something that's super developmentally appropriate for your teens. And that is this. It is so very developmentally appropriate for your teens to want to prove the adults in their lives wrong and to prove that they themselves are right. And here are some of the ways that may have shown up with your teens. So first, I would say that in this whole quest to prove adults wrong, or to be right, is teens are really passionate about fighting perceived injustices. And I'm not necessarily talking about social injustices, although they might include those as well, but often it is perceived injustices to themselves. I cannot express how many times I have heard, that's not fair, not just for my own teens, but for my students when I was teaching. Um, The other thing that I would say is that When it comes to wanting to prove adults wrong, or anyone really, um, I think we can all agree that teens, especially middle schoolers, are characterized by brutally calling out the stuff that as adults, we know to whisper. Some things you just don't call out. And I think that our teens are also really, really consistent and good at calling us out when our words don't match our actions, when maybe there's a little bit of what they perceive as hypocrisy going on. Given all that, if we want to connect with our teens, we have to meet them where they are, which means that we have to be fully developed adults. And fully developed adults are not as concerned with being right as they are at getting it right. And I'm making that distinction because as a grown 48-year-old woman, I have to say that when one of my teens is coming at me trying to prove me wrong, number one, their words can be super hurtful. And number two, my knee-jerk reaction to that is to want to prove that I'm right or hurt them right back so that they can understand how hurt I am. That's just my flaring knee-jerk fight, flight, or freeze response to that kind of situation. And I'm curious if that is the same for you too. If when somebody is coming at you and telling you how wrong you are, if that maybe gets your back up a little bit. I am going to assume that it it probably does, maybe not 100% of the time, but I'm going to assume that somebody coming at you that way is maybe going to push you towards that fight, flight, or freeze response sometimes, which is perfectly normal and human. But being the grown up with your teen means that we have to show up that way. And 
The way to do that in that situation is to be more concerned about getting it right than being right. Now, here's the difference. Being right means you might feel shame when you make a mistake or are wrong. And when you want to be right, you probably flip into the fight, flight, or freeze when you're accused of being wrong or You might try to shut down the other party, like just totally squash them, whoever it is that's accusing you. Someone who is more concerned with being right takes personal offense when they're accused of being wrong. They feel the need to defend themselves and their ideas and their actions. And being wrong affects their identity. It's not something that they've done. It's who they are. So that's all falls under the category of wanting to be right. Getting it right looks like this. Getting it right means you're viewing mistakes as learning opportunities. And and just a quick aside, I I think this is fabulous. Like if you really go back and look at NASA and listen to how they describe their failures, really, they don't call them failures. They call them their early attempts at success. Like how great is that? Our early attempts at success. Okay. Getting it right also means that you are open to having your thoughts and ideas challenged. Because if there's some mistake or wrongness in how you're thinking or what your ideas are, you want to know what they are. So you enjoy being challenged, or at least you are open to it. Maybe not enjoying it. That might not be a fair description. Okay. Also, when you want to get it right, you can listen to and fairly evaluate another person's point of view. And someone who wants to get it right asks questions when they're challenged in order to better understand the other person's ideas or thoughts or opinions. They are able to separate their actions and thoughts and ideas from their core identity. And they're able to separate the developmentally appropriate methods that teens use to challenge us and respond to the ideas that are being shared rather than the delivery method and how it's being shared. So when we can listen to our teens and listen to what they are saying and give them grace in the area of how they're saying it and not just grace, but maybe direction and guidance, then we're working more towards getting it right than being right. Now, when we dig a little deeper into our need to be right, it can reveal some surprising truths about what's going on underneath our surfaces. That need to be right can be the manifestation of insecurity or of wanting to people please and have others think highly of you, or it may indicate that you have a blind spot somewhere. So shifting your mindset to getting it right truly does give you freedom from shame, from stressing about things not being perfect. Um, It gives you the freedom to ask for the help and guidance that you need when there's something that you don't know or understand. Now, I fully admit and, and confess right now, I this is an area where I have struggled personally. It's part of the reason why I am sharing all this with you because it's something that I've experienced and I truly want to have that getting it right mindset. But making that shift can be really challenging. So in looking at how to make that shift, 
I thought I would share some of the strategies that I've used to have that different way of thinking of wanting to get it right rather than being right with my teens. So the first thing is to use the thought model. Now the thought model is something that I introduced several episodes ago. I'll put a link to that episode and to the resources that go along with it in my show notes, which those you'll find those at theishgirl.com forward slash EP94. Okay, and when you use the thought model, you really examine your thinking around being right. So just as a refresher, if you haven't heard those episodes or gotten that resource, which again, that resource will also be on the show notes for you to access. Um, a thought model uses five different areas. The first one is a circumstance. The next one is a thought because circumstances are factual. They're just, it is what it is. It's it's something that can be proven in you know a court of law. It's raining today, all right? So the circumstances... A circumstance leads to a thought, thoughts, a thought leads to a feeling, a feeling leads to an action, an action leads to result. So when you have an unintentional thought, so you would model it this way in an unintentional thought model, the circumstance would be someone pointed out that I made a mistake or got something wrong. And my thought might be, when I'm wrong, people think less of me and don't respect me. The feeling that that might generate is shame. The action that would then happen would be I might lash out at my accuser in a personal way. And the result would be that connection is broken and our relationship is damaged. Now, replacing that unintentional model with an intentional one would look like this. The circumstance is still the same. Someone pointed out that I made a mistake and got something wrong. My thought that I am intentional about is I can learn something here. My feeling might be curiosity. My action would be to ask questions to get more information and clarity. And the result of that is that connection is built and our relationship is strengthened. So using that thought model to really think about your thinking and replace a thought that's maybe not serving you with one that does, that has been super helpful for me. Okay, the next one that I would say is a great strategy to use when shifting your mindset from being right to getting it right is to practice getting it wrong. Visualize and think out the steps that you want to take when you're wrong about something. Maybe it might look like a list like this, um, taking a deep breath, asking questions for clarity, agreeing with your accuser or whatever the other person is saying, apologizing if necessary. So really having a plan of action for when you get it wrong so that you can quickly snap yourself out of that fight, flight, or freeze mode and get into that healthier mindset of getting it right versus being right. The other strategy that I would say has been super helpful for me is journaling to retrain my brain. Now, I have been a journaler my whole life. In fact, I still have my journal that I started on a trip uh, that I took when I was in the second grade. So I love writing 
And the kind of journaling that I've typically done has been more of the writing about my feelings and the things that are going on. A lot of times um, I'll journal prayers and that kind of thing. But this kind of journaling that I'm talking about is different. And I will say this, I'm going to start off by saying sometimes it does make me giggle a little bit and think about Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live when he's like, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and darn it, people like me, which is totally cheesy. But I will say this, there is truth in repetition for training your brain. And what this kind of journaling that I'm referring to looks like is writing down statements as if they're already true and doing it every day. So you're choosing a way that you want to be that you're, you haven't reached that goal yet, and you're writing it every day. And as you're doing that, you are literally growing neurons, basically laying down tr the track in your brain to make it so. And this, to me, this is not manifestation. This is scientific. Like there are lots of studies out there that show this, that when you do this, you are changing your actual brain chemistry and topography and things like that. So for me, I have 10 um, daily statements that I write down of things that I want to do or be or accomplish and things like that. And actually, I'm just going to throw this in here. If you do not subscribe to my weekly email, I would highly encourage you to do that. I share things there that I don't share anywhere else. And for this particular episode, I am going to be sharing um, some of those 10 things that I write down, some of my 10 statements, which is really like cracking me open and sharing my heart very vulnerably <laughs> with you guys. But if you want to see stuff like that, you've got to sign up for that weekly email. And again, you can do that on the show notes, theishgirl.com forward slash EP94. Um, anyway, so I do two, 10 a day. And just as an example for what we're talking about here, what your statement might be would be something like, I'm comfortable and at ease when I get something wrong, because that means I'm learning and growing. So imagine writing that every day, every day, every day for weeks and months or, you know, or whatever. When you write it down, you're going to, you will, your mind is searching for ways to make that true. Okay. And so writing that down will truly affect your mindset. Now, using any one of these three strategies is going to help bring you closer to your teens. Really, I would say it's going to bring you closer in all your relationships, and it's going to foster an atmosphere that really encourages risk-taking and growth. Because think about it, if it is taboo or uncomfortable um, or unbearable, I would say, to be wrong, why would you take that risk that what you're going to say or do or participate in or or share what you're thinking and that kind of thing, being labeled as wrong is like the horrible, most awful thing, right? So when you can have a getting it right attitude and mindset, then that really does open the doors for more risk taking and more growth. When you normalize failure and getting something wrong and making mistakes, you're actually giving everyone around you the permission to do the same. Okay, friends, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate the privilege of being in your ears and sharing time with you. And if this 
episode has been helpful or encouraging to you at all, I would ask that you share it with someone who might also need it. And if you're feeling especially generous, I would ask that you head to iTunes and leave a rating and a review for In the Middle of It there, because truly, that is the best way to help people find and discover the resources. All right, friends, from an ish girl who is still struggling with getting it right rather than being right, I am so grateful that we are in the middle of it together.